Unfortunately, Rachel is not feeling well this morning, so she will not be singing for us. We will turn to the Word of God as it's found for us in the Gospel of John chapter 1. We heard this read this morning, but I'm going to read it once again. It is a beautiful reminder of the glory of Jesus Christ and the glory of His incarnation. From John chapter 1, we'll be reading just the first 14 verses of this chapter. Beginning at verse 1, what we hear now is God's Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that has been made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness, to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. Well, it is the Lord's Day morning, and it is Christmas morning, a day that we celebrate the coming of Jesus Christ into the world. We have been preparing for this day. You know that, children. We've been preparing for this day by looking at God's Word in John chapter 1 under the theme, Jesus Christ, the light of the world. We saw that Jesus Christ is truly God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus Christ, truly God, the one through whom everything was made, that powerful Word of God by which all creation came into being. We saw that God sent a witness to the one who would come to Jesus Christ. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. We talked about John. John was not the light. He said, I'm not the light. I'm a voice calling in the wilderness. He is the word. I'm a pointer to the light, to Jesus Christ, the light of the world. We looked at John's testimony about the light. Verse 15, John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. From his fullness we have all received grace 
upon grace. John speaks of the perfection of Jesus Christ, that although he came after John in time, he ranked before John in time, for he was before him. Another statement about Jesus Christ's eternality. And then last Sunday, we talked about the reception of the light from verse 11. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Those, those, those two responses to Jesus Christ, a lot of the world, either we reject him or by God's grace we embrace him as our Lord and Savior. This morning we're going to focus our attention just on verse 14 of this chapter, a verse about the glory of the light. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. This verse has been called the most concise description of the Incarnation. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's Christmas. That's why we are here every Lord's Day, because Jesus Christ came into the world. The world, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. This morning, we talk about the glory of the light. The Word became flesh. That, that same Word mentioned earlier by John, that word that was in the beginning. That word that was and is true and eternal God who always existed in glorious fellowship with the other members of the Trinity, Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, always existing. The word, that word became flesh. The powerful instrument of creation the one through whom all things had been made, without him nothing has been made that has been made. That word, that creative word, the word became flesh. The miracle of the incarnation. Jesus Christ, eternal God, leaves the glory of heaven and takes flesh to himself. We talked in our uh, evening sermons, the Philippian series, how in doing so, he did not put off his godliness. He retained his godhood. But he took on humanity. He took on our flesh and our blood. Eternal God became like us in every way. Sin accepted. The mystery, the miracle of the incarnation, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. John uses some very particular words in verse 14. Uh, the word he uses here is the, the idea of to dwell, uh, to live among in a tent, or we might use the word he tabernacled among us. John recalls Old Testament imagery. John recalls the imagery of the tabernacle 
in the midst of God's people. Remember the tap on that natural children? That was that, that great big tent that God had, had his people set up as they were traveling, the tabernacle that traveled along with God's people. The tabernacle was a picture. The tabernacle was a symbol of God's own presence in the midst of his people. God would dwell with his people pictured in that tabernacle, in that big tent. That's exactly what Jesus did. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. God himself now dwelling with mankind. Jesus Christ comes, God in the flesh, and dwells, lives among sinful men and women. He is, he is the center, like the tabernacle was the center of God's people when they stopped. Jesus Christ is the center of all things. He is the focus of the plan of salvation. God's promises in the Old Testament, God's words through the prophets that he would send one who would come to redeem his people. Now that promise, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus Christ who dwells with his people, who continues even today to dwell with his people. Oh, not here fleshly anymore, but dwells with us by the power of his Holy Spirit. The third person of the Trinity. Jesus Christ continues to dwell in the midst of his people. He is here with us today as his spirit lives in our midst. Oh, the glory of the incarnation. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. John says, we have seen his glory. We have seen his glory glory. And again, think about, about the tabernacle in the Old Testament. It was beautiful to look at. It had these wonderful linen curtains of, of purple and blue. It had beautiful uh, instruments, uh, furnishings inside of it, all a picture of the glory of God, his glorious revelation. And when the tabernacle was completed, God himself would come and inhabit that tabernacle. In Exodus chapter 40, we read this. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, tabernacle, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud settled on it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Throughout all their journeys... Whenever the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the people of Israel would set out. But if the cloud was not taken up, they did not set out till the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day, and fire was on it by night in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. The glory of the Lord descends upon the tabernacle. Jesus Christ comes we have seen his glory, John says. Just like that glory of God descending upon the tabernacle, dwelling in the midst of his people, we have seen his glory. What does that mean, kids? We have seen the glory of Jesus 
Now the tabernacle and the cloud, it was bright and it was shiny and it was beautiful to look at. Is that what we mean? When we say with regard to Jesus, we have seen his glory, that he was handsome, that he had a a shine around his face. What does John mean when he says we have seen his glory? He's referring not so much to Jesus in the flesh, but what Jesus came to do in the flesh. We have seen his glory as he comes to perfectly fulfill the plan of salvation. That plan which God had put in place already back in the Garden of Genesis, when Adam and Eve chose to disobey God, chose to go their own way, not God's way, when they fell into sin and plunged all humanity into sin. God put a plan in place, announced the plan, and said there would be one who would come and who would restore things. Jesus Christ comes as the glory of the fulfillment of the work of God, the fulfillment of God's promise. And he comes in humility. He comes and is born as a baby, dependent, needy, relying on others. He comes to reveal the glory of God's perfect plan, how he would grow and be that that God-man chosen to see the plan of salvation all the way through. We have seen his glory, the glory of his work, glory as of the only Son from the Father. Glory as of the only Son from the Father. That phrase, only Son, has been translated in various ways. Perhaps you have a different translation. You'll see a different word there. And John, again, uses, uses very particular words and wants to make linguistic connections for us. And I won't go through all the exegetical details. But what John is doing here is, again, recalling another Old Testament story in calling Jesus the only Son from the Father. And the story he is recalling is the story that we have in Genesis chapter 22. The story of Abraham being asked to offer up his only son from Abraham uh, from Genesis 22 after these things God tested Abraham and said to him Abraham and he said here I am and he said take your son your only son Isaac whom you love and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering Abraham asked to offer up his only son. You know how that story unfolds. How Abraham and Isaac walk along and they finally come to the place of the sacrifice and we read in Genesis 22 verse 9, when they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son 
and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. He said to him, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, seeing that you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by the horns. Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. The connections, the parallels between the Abraham story and the story of Jesus in his incarnation. Abraham was to offer up his son, his only son. But God God restrained his hand and instead provided another offering. Abraham looks and behold there's a ram caught in the thicket and Abraham offers the ram instead of Isaac, his son, his only son, the one whom he loves. God sends Jesus Christ who has the glory of the only son. And yet, when it comes time to offer up that sacrifice, his son, his only son, God does not restrain his hand. But God, as it were, allows the knife to pierce his son and to offer him up on the altar. We have seen his glory what he would do for us, how he would go all the way to death to secure our redemption. We have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son. There would be no substitute for Jesus Christ. He is the only one who could come and pay for the sins of his people. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen his glory Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John here speaks of the perfection of the ministry of Jesus Christ. He is the one who is full of grace. And we talked about that a couple weeks ago from verse 16. From the fullness, from his fullness, We have all received grace upon grace. That glorious grace of Jesus Christ, a gift given to us. We who deserved the punishment, we who deserved the condemnation, we who deserved the knife to pierce us, He came full of grace. A grace that was sufficient to remove all of our sins, to wash us and cleanse us from all iniquity. That's what we celebrate this Lord's Day and every Lord's Day. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, in whom we find grace upon grace, full of grace. A grace given to us by God. That's our Christmas gift. Not just this Sunday, every Lord's Day a reminder of God's grace in Jesus Christ 
who came to do that which we could not do. Satisfy the justice of God. Satisfy the wrath of God. Be that perfect sacrifice for sin. He came full of grace and truth. He was the reality. Many times in the Old Testament, we see pictures, we see images, we see shadows pointing forward to Jesus Christ. But John says he came full of truth. He was the reality of what God was doing. No longer symbols, no longer sacrificial pictures, no longer ceremonies pointing forward. The true reality is here. Full of grace and truth. The reason we celebrate the incarnation of Christ is because of His truth. We, we might say the true meaning of Christmas. Jesus Christ, the fulfillment of God's Word. Jesus Christ, the, the testimony that when God speaks, His Word is reliable, it is trustworthy, you can believe on it. He came full of truth. And so when God comes to us, and in His Word says, for all who believe in this glorious light, for all who believe in this Word became flesh, when you put your faith, your trust in Him, you are forgiven for all of your sins. That's the truth. Jesus Christ is the reality. We need not hold our sins against ourselves anymore. Because He has promised to wash us, to cleanse us, to make us new creatures in Jesus Christ. What a reason to celebrate. What a glorious blessing that this year the celebration of the Incarnation falls on the Lord's Day. That day when week after week after week we are reminded on Sunday morning and on Sunday evening the truth of who Jesus is. The glory of what He came to do. The one who, in whom we find our life. And so God once again calls out to you this morning. If you are here and, and have not embraced this Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, hear the word of God. He is full of grace. A grace sufficient to include you in that glorious people of God. He is full of truth. He's the reality. He's the fulfillment of all of God's promises. Place your hope and trust in Him. And know Know the most glorious Christmas gift you could imagine. Know the truth of the Christmas season. Know Jesus Christ, who He is and what He has done for us. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen His glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Oh, the great privilege we have this Sunday and every Sunday to celebrate the glory of the light. Let's join together in prayer.
Lord our God, we are so thankful to you for the work of your Son, Jesus Christ, for the completion, the fulfillment of all the Old Testament prophecies, for his willingness to leave the glories of heaven, that word that existed with you from all eternity, and to come down to earth and to become a child and to do that all for us. Oh, Lord God, we thank you. We love you. We praise you. We thank you that week after week you call us together to rehearse these wonderful truths, to know the glories of the gospel. May this encourage us, may it strengthen us, not only on this Lord's Day, but on every Lord's Day, as you call us to live for you. Hear our prayer, O God, for Jesus' sake. Amen. We will turn together to number 300.